Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Rootless Living Podcast in episode number 89. On today's episode, I speak with Joel, and he's probably the guest who has been the longest that's living like a rootless, nomadic, uh, however you want to phrase it, kind of lifestyle. But his job is absolutely no joke. Well, it's sort of a joke. Not that his job is a joke. He just does a lot of jokes. For You know what? Like always, before I say too much, let's get into the episode. All right, with that, I want to welcome Joel to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really good. Where are you in the world right now? So um, now I'm in, um, I'm on, still on tour, and I'm in Bellingham, um, Washington. Oh, nice. So it, it, uh, it, it's in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I actually, uh, I lived there for a little while as a kid. Oh. I was born good. in Seattle, and my parents lived in Bellingham, and then we did all the little island hopping kind of stuff over there but a very cool very cool yeah great area what's the weather like oh man just straight up rain every day <laughs> <laughs> it's the rainiest thing i've ever it's like the rainiest place i've ever been so, and uh and my rv is like fighting to just stay dry you know but it's cool so the rumors are true it rains a lot in seattle um oh my god yes so speaking of rv what are you uh currently traveling in so i'm in a 1997 um, class A, Georgie Boy Swinger, nice. kind of a, a vintage, really beautiful 30-foot vintage RV. What's really going to be fun is I think that you might have the oldest RV, and I don't want to spoil what you might have the longest coming up, but when did full-time travel start for you? So um, full-time travel started um, for me. Well, full-time travel, nomadic travel started for me 20 years ago wow. uh, as a, as a circus artist and an and acrobat and a clown. Um, I've been traveling all over the world for 20 years now. Very cool. Now you don't sound old enough to have been traveling 20 years. I don't want to put an age <laughs> out there, but was this something like is that, that? Is that what happens? It ages you, travel ages you. I guess happens. when you think of someone that's been traveling 20 years, you're thinking, okay, well, they probably didn't start until they were, you know, at least 25, maybe. But then right. there's also the, you know, the circus element that we'll get into. But I just want to make sure that this is like 20 years of your adult life has been. Are you including like, were you a kid circus performer or no? No, no, okay. no, no. I okay. started. I start. I started pretty late for a circus artist. I started circus school in '99, and um, and I graduated and started traveling uh, full time, like in uh, 2003. Nice circus school. All right. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Let's, well, let's just go back to like when you weren't in the circus. Where were you living? What were you doing for a living? And then how did you make this transition into an RV and obviously traveling for work? Oh, wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, um, I used to be a biker. I was a biker for a long time. Um, and that was when, uh, that was like in the late nineties. Right. Um, at, at that point, like, I don't think anyone wanted to be a biker, but I was, I was. Because I love traveling and I love being nomadic and and um and you know my friend did too had a best friend and we uh, decided to go cross country and uh, and we we on our motorcycles and we set up contracts to work in Alaska so we had contracts set up to work on boats in Alaska and my best friend his name is Todd Space and Todd Space has a uh, he's a biologist 
So he and every all those boats out there, uh, you know, uh, in Alaska, they have a they have like someone on board that checks the pollution levels and of fish and like you know, um, you know, to see if they're pulling in endangered species and things like that. So that was his job as a biologist on the boat. And my job would have been just to pull in fish, just to be a fisherman. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we got our contract and we spent. Four months on four months on the road going cross country and uh, on our motorcycles, and um, we got to uh, San Francisco. And when we got to San Francisco, um, he had he had to go on without me because I because I was like hanging out with this really cool chick in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging out with someone really cool, and I said, "Just go on, go on without me, and and like you know, I'll, I'll catch up to you." up the coast and so he did and like he went up the coast and uh and i kind of held back and and i was hanging out for a few days and then he called me because he was camping and he's like oh it's so beautiful on the coast you got to come up here you know get on your bike and go and so I, I i packed up my bike and i and i left the city and i was on my way out of the city and i was at a toll and this woman changed lanes totally didn't see my blinker side swipe swiped me on my bike and knocked me off my motorcycle and I and I got in this horrible wreck like on the highway and I, I think I went 15 feet up into the air I rolled and I cracked my helmet and I and I shattered my collarbone Oof. and uh so that's how I ended up in San Francisco <laughs> um and I had surgery and I and I healed up and um and I found a circuit center in San Francisco um, a friend of mine brought me by and introduced me to the coach there. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the circus. And that's where it seduced me. That's where it kind of pulled me in. And uh, I've, I've been doing circus ever since. And obviously, when did the like RV come into play then? Um, were you doing local so, circuses and then got into traveling? and then or you know, So like- our, our, our RVing didn't come until much later. Like, uh, just, you know, I would say like, years and years later so so you know almost recently so you know being turned on to rvs and and having an rv started like i would say like five years ago but i mean being nomadic and and traveling all over the world has been pretty constant for 20 years yeah and i think that's you know i mean i'm glad you're kind of defining the two in a way that you know, and we talk about it with rootless that you don't need an RV to be rootless. I mean, we've had people on the podcast that pet sit, you know, internationally and people that go from Airbnb to Airbnb. Um, I just didn't know right. if like, you know, immediately like that was part of it. Cause when I think of circus, um, right. or like carnivals, I think about, wow, what a easier way to do that lifestyle, especially if you're traveling, right. but, but it looks like a big part of what you were doing too was international as well. Am I correct? Yeah, that's that's why I didn't get an RV until yeah. later because you know, inter- if you do international travel, of course you can't bring it with you. But right. like, if you do if you do work in in, in circuses, you're going to be staying in an RV. Like a lot of, you know, a lot of circus tours, you know, they, they you have to have an RV. You have to stay in a in a in a caravan, um, and that's how it works. Usually, you know, everyone everyone is is. You know, the artist is hired to be in a tent show or a show that travels throughout Europe and um, and like, for instance, in, in Switzerland. And, and they're going to they're going to put all their artists in, in these RVs. They're going to they're going to get used to it. You're going to you're going to 
fall in love with it because you're 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 always in one, you know, in the caravan. I gotcha. I actually didn't know yeah. that there was a one a circus like school college. Um, I honestly thought it was, you know, obviously, I guess if I made an assumption about circus performers, especially acrobats, I would almost feel like it's, you know, gymnastics in high school, maybe even college. And then being like, I still want to do this. And then getting into kind of circus. Did you have any kind of gymnastics background? I mean, besides, you know, flying 15 feet in the air when your motorcycle or was, you know, it all new. <laughs> yeah, that was my first, that was my first front tuck. That was my first front tuck was flying off a motorcycle and the and first layout, you know, but um, no, I, I, um, I didn't have any experience at all with circus or with, uh, you know, gymnastics or anything. Like I played some soccer, you know, like right. I was, I've always been kind of athletic, but you know, I, I, I never, it never crossed my mind. Uh, but, but like the, the funny thing about it is that later on in, in, in my career, after I started my circus career, um, I found out that my father had a, had a, um, a tour with circuses as a young guy, you know, in his twenties. And, and I think he had mentioned some of it to me, like as I was growing up, but like, you know, kind of seeped into my subconscious maybe, but I don't know. Um, yeah. So no, not really. Like it, it, you know, I just fell in love with it when I, when I came across it. So in the, you know, 20 years of doing this, what's been kind of the, the oddest, if that's even a word, uh, form of transportation to get to and from, like, give me an idea of some of the kind of the weirdest things you've had to do to get to and from at events, or is it just all planes, trains, and automobiles? Oh my God. No. So, um, I think the weirdest one was when I got hired to uh, be a clown in a show in Italy <laughs> in this Italian circus. And, uh, and you know, right away, as soon as I landed, they were loading up the trucks to go on tour. And, uh, you know, rehearsals hadn't started yet. And, and they were trying to get, you know, they were trying to transport, like, all the, you know, the whole circus to this one location. And they said, that's your truck. You're going to drive that. And we're going to hit the road today. (laughs) And I'd never driven like a semi or, you know, before I'd never driven like a huge, you know, circus truck before. (laughs) I think that was one that was, that was, I think one of the weirdest, you know, kind of a shocking moment where, you know, you're kind of trial by fire thrown into learning how to drive a big rig, you know? Um, that, that was pretty intense. I think like driving a, a big rig through Rome is pretty intense. <laughs> you know, I, for, um, I forget but, too. It's been 20 years. They drive on the same side as we do though. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. They do. So you didn't at least yeah, have yeah. that. That would have been a nightmare to drive a big truck like that. And then also have to be over on the left. I think that would have been all scary. Oh no, that, that would have, that would have been totally scary. Yeah. But like the, the way they drive in Italy is, is scary enough. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's pretty insane. It's it, it, it's crazy. So uh, you know, not only had I was driving a big rig for the first time, but at the same time, like I was driving through Italy, where people just drive crazy. You know, so it was just a really interesting time. But I mean, there's there's many many crazy stories. Oh, I bet. I, I mean, how yeah. how do you get gigs? Are you with the same company, or are you? Are you switching and just a freelancer? Like, explain the process, you know, especially 20 years in the lifestyle. 
Okay, yeah, um, sure. So um, I have a website. It's, it's joelbakerclown.com, and, and it's where people find me and, and hire me to um, come in and do shows. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is, is getting invited to audition. Um, you know, I, I, I got invited to audition in, in Montreal to be with Cirque du Soleil, and that was like 2000, uh, like 2003. And, uh, you know, it was like, um, should I tell that story? Yeah, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So, uh, so I got invited to audition for Cirque du Soleil and, and like, you know, that's, that's pretty much how people bring you in. They hire you and after an audition, they have to see what you're like on stage and what your, what your scale level is like and your presence and, and your ideas are like. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think it was me and 30 other clowns in Montreal doing an audition for Cirque du Soleil. And, uh, you know, they, they get, you know, they tag a number onto your chest. Right. And, and, and like, you know, there's a, there's a process of elimination, after, you know, after the, you know, after the, you know, during the whole thing. So it's like two days long from nine in the morning until five in, in the evening. I don't know if it still is. Auditions are still like that, but that's how it used to be. And, uh, and so, you know, throughout the day, they're cutting, they're cutting, cutting, cutting all the guys who aren't funny enough. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not funny enough and your ideas kind of you know they don't match what they're looking for that you know you get cut so you know every other hour they, they make an announcement of numbers and, and those guys leave with their heads hanging low and then and then you're you're like you know you know you're happy you know you're you can stay and so you keep going through all the you know there's a series of theater games there's a series of uh you know questions and, and you know movement uh you know, uh, games that you play with the directors and, and they want to see how you move and how you express emotions. Cause you know, clowns, we work with emotions, right? So right. all the theatrical stuff is really important. Um, and at the end of it, it came down to me and, and three other clowns. <clears throat> and, uh, once that happened, uh, you know, you get kind of like a certificate that says, you know, congratulations you made it into the database you are uh you know our 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 clowns that we decided to you know call if we need someone in a show right so that was 2003 and now now i'll kind of like time travel you to the future (laughs) (laughs) where i'm i'm living in berlin and i'm and i'm uh shopping at a thrift store and I, and I and I find this tour T-shirt, this really amazing vintage Stevie Wonder tour T-shirt that says uh, "Love is the key." Like the tour of the show was "Love is the key," and uh, and it's a really beautiful old Stevie Wonder shirt. And I, so I, I bring it up to the counter to buy it, and I get this phone call, and it's 2008, and uh, and and the guy on the the guy on the phone says, uh, "Hey, this is this is the casting." clowns with Cirque du Soleil and uh no we I think we have a show for you (laughs) (laughs) no very random and I and I was like okay cool and uh and uh and and I said what's the show and they said the show is called love and it's the Beatles love in in Las Vegas and I looked down at this shirt it says love is the key (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay yeah I'm interested for sure (laughs) 
so I went on to work in, in the Beatles Love in, in 2008, and I and I performed in the Beatles Love with Cirque du Soleil till 2014. Oh, wow, it's a big run! But what a crazy five-year interview process. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, to, like, I mean, did you just yeah, think yeah. like, oh, they're just never going to call? It it just didn't happen, or were you aware that that kind of stuff happens? That after you try out, you know, five years later, they look people up. Yeah, you, you never know. You never know when you're going to get the call, you know. It, you know, But I think that what happens is they really kind of want to watch where your career goes and, and what you do and, and what kind of shows you, you get into and what kind of material you create and what kind of ideas you come up with. And, you know, once more, you know they, they look at that too. You know, if you're, if you're in the database or keeping an eye on you to make sure, you know, you're exactly what they want for a show. But it sounds like, I mean, you being in Italy, you're, you are already working in Italy doing like your own kind of stuff or, you know, getting hired out. And then this just puts you in the position where, okay, now I've got, you know, steady income for the next, you know, whatever that was, six years. Um, right, right, right. right. Does, does that like, also, is that like just a resume booster that once you're in Cirque, like it just helps you get jobs thereafter? Is it a big help? Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, you, you know, every circus, you know, usually they want to see what you've done and where right. you've been and who, what directors you've worked with. And, and uh, you know, um, yeah, for sure. It's, it's a resume booster, but it's also, um, it's, it's also, you know, the experience you get from being on a show, doing 10 shows a week for, for seven years, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's about the experience, you know, of, of uh, you know, with, with clown, it's something that, you know, that you, it takes time. They say, they say good clowns are like a bottle of wine, right? Like they, the older they get, the better they get. Right? right. Right. So, so it's, you know, it just takes, you know, the, you know, that's why most great clowns are older guys because it, because it just takes so long to learn what you do, you know, to learn the art of, of, of comedy and, and being a physical comedian. You know, it, it, it takes a lot of, you know, we, we don't start working until we're on stage. So, you know, the actual experience of, of performing teaches you so much, right? Gotcha. No, it does sound like it. I guess I, I actually really forgot just how much of it is comedy and especially because you're not, you're not speaking either that everyone around right, has to right. really get kind of the joke and the humor. And then obviously you're, you know, I mean, again, I think my, my circus monthly subscription ran out about 15 years ago. So excuse me if I'm not up to date, but <laughs> I think a lot changed since then, man. I, I bet. I, I fill in the blanks. It's all good. But I would assume that Cirque is literally the, you know, if you're playing baseball, that's the majors. If you've made it to Cirque. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, oh, yeah, totally. The, the clown that I remember, cause I've, I've gone to quite a few Cirque shows and I think I actually went to the one in Vegas during the time you were performing, if I remember correctly. And, it's really about almost, it's not just comedy. It's also distracting from like sets getting reset up and changed where you're just trying to distract people too when they're doing those set changes and stuff. And I always found that really kind of interesting how one person right. or two people in the crowd are able to draw all the attention from kind of what's going on in stage as they're moving things around and fixing things for the next kind of show, which has been really, or the next segment, I should say, which is really cool. Right. Right, right. I think I think since circus has has even begun, I mean that's the that's the main job. That's my main job as a clown is to 
is to pull focus from from set changes and and from you know things getting too slow and getting you know uh, you know it's it's the, the clown's job to, to do transitions right? right is to be between the acts and and to create uh, you know uh, you know a moment of joy between you know things happening with the acrobats you know so. So when you develop material, you develop a you know you develop main acts, your main acts for a show, but you also develop um, material for transition, right? Like that, like if a director says, "Hey Joel, what do you got for between this tight wire act and this tissue act?" You know, you have a lot to propose. You know, to tie things together, to make things uh, what we call the red thread, which is like you know that the, the flow that happens between act in a show right um you know that's that that happens with traditional circus that you know the, the, the clown you know jumps in and, and does moments funny moments between between acts but it but in theater circus uh which is something i do more of or a contemporary circus um like Cirque du Soleil it, it, you know there's a story to tell right mm-hmm. so you, you know all your transitions kind of are called reprises and, and lead you kind of on a story that the clown can tell through transitions right yeah no, that makes to- sense. no it totally does and mm-hmm. then so obviously if you're kind of mostly rv now are you just sticking to stuff in the states um or is it you know like walk me through that process why you finally decided to go ahead and get your own rv and then uh, start living out of that well, so well, I decided to get my RV because um, I'm always traveling. Like I'm always, whenever I'm in the States, um, you know, uh, I, I don't have a place to live, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm, um, I decided to start a new project where I, uh, I tour the United States. It's called the Citizens of Circus Project. You can find it on Instagram. And uh, the Citizens of Circus um, is an outreach project that goes to, circus communities throughout the United States and Canada. And I go cross country and I visit circus schools and studios that, um, where I could do workshops and I could teach and, and support circus communities all over the place. Um, because believe it or not, what's exciting to me is like, believe it or not, there's a circus community in almost every city in the United States. Right. Uh, and Canada too. Like you, you, it's, it's really circus is this one thing that a lot of people, don't really see so much you know the communities of circuits are kind of an underground kind of thing that um that you you find when you dig into it but like you know you really have to be in the be in the the circus world i guess but um yeah i would rather not pay mortgage and i would rather not pay rent in a place i never i'm never at Right. right so being in an rv just makes sense you know when i'm in the states when i'm when i'm in europe you know the companies they give me a place to stay they give me an apartment they give me a, you know a flat you know or like a caravan to stay in but when 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 i come home i come home to my rv you know and, and it's uh and i go on tour and i and i and i use that time that i'm in the states to to um, support my community right and uh i think that's what it, that's where my how my project started, how my RV life started. Gotcha. And a 1997, I mean, there's a definitely a follow-up question here in, in regards to that. But first, what, you know, brought you to a vintage? I mean, I, this is probably the most vintage that I've had 
on the show. And I, really, yeah. I mean, I'm looking through just some of the show notes. I mean, I don't think I've had anything. It, it's early 2004. I'm kind of looking through. I don't think I've seen anything. I was trying to see if there's someone had a real classic like Airstream, possibly uh, a 1999. Right. Uh, no. Yeah, so it looks like just, you know, a quick glance through the notes. It looks like 97 might be my oldest. So, I mean, I definitely <laughs> want to tell you about the process of that. But then also everyone always hears these rumors of, you know, especially in like the RV community that's going from, you know, campground to campground, that if your rig uh-huh. is over 10 years old, that they'll deny you. Um, and I've always felt like, I think that's more of a rule if your rig looks 10 years right. older, they'll right. deny you. But right. a lot of times, obviously, if someone's rolling in with a, a 75 Airstream, no one's going to be like, sorry, you can't bring that here. Um, <laughs> yeah, h- yeah. How's that been for you with a Georgie boy, Georgie, Georgie boy swinger. It almost sounds like a name you made up for it, but it's, that's I know, cool. right? Yeah. I know, I know totally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, Georgie boys are, 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 oh man, they're sweet, man. And they're it, like, you know, they're, they, uh, they look kind of funny, right? <laughs> that's why I was kind of drawn to it. It's kind of a funny looking RV, you know, real flat nose, but like, it um it was when I found it, it was owned by these by this by this couple, like this, a couple of like hipsters, right? <laughs> if I can categorize the people, you know, and they were really cool and they and they just threw all this money at it and they flipped it and they just like made it really beautiful, right? Um so like, you know, the wallpaper's gorgeous, you know, the, the you know, the interior is totally redone. Uh it's a uh, the cabinetry is beautiful. It's all like, uh, you know, repurposed wood counters and, and, you know, looking sweet, you know, there's, there's a beautiful tile in the bathroom, the beautiful tile in the shower, you know, it's, it, so I fell in love with it. It's, it's beautiful. Um, you know, the engine's in great shape. It's, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's, 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 I found it and it's in great shape, man. And it, and, uh, but like, it, it uh, it's been doing me right, <laughs> you know. You but it, but uh, there, there's also a great, you know, new paint job on the outside, and it, it looks, you know, it looks fresh, you know. So I think that, like, you know, I don't think I get denied at any place really. I mean, it looks, it looks pretty new, it looks pretty great. But this is like, like an older model in the sense that there's, no, am I assuming there's, there's no slides on it? It's just like a fixed, yeah, no home? slide okay. out, yeah, no slide yeah, out. No, um, no slide outs. It, it's like, you know, it's straight up just 30 feet of a uh, sweet RV, man. It's great. <laughs> That's very cool. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's weird that we don't see a lot of that in this lifestyle that the, cause I mean, obviously the build quality is completely different to, you know, back in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, right. know, even back then they were really designed for recreational use. They weren't really designed for full-time use. And then obviously, right. you know, I mean, it's, right. we've seen a, a lot of people, you know, that it would full-time after retirement, but now we're seeing people full-time while working. And so I, I even see that they're trying to make changes within the rigs now that they've seen that. But um, yeah, I did a quick little Google search to kind of see that year. And it is that very vintage um, kind of look to it that mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. I could, I could almost tell that, you know, with the right paint job, um, besides probably not having slide outs, there wouldn't be a big tell that it's a, an older rig, you know, cause they are, no, trying, you can't tell, yeah. you, can, you can't tell it's an old rig. No. That's very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so you've, cool. you've yeah, never been denied at a campground when you they ask you the age, or do you not stay in very many? No, campgrounds? man. Okay. No, yeah. no. That they kind of you know they kind of love it. You know, like it's, oh, I bet. you fall in love with the look. You know, it's pretty cool. And like you know, and I and I do meet like you know tons of people because you know the pandemic, you know, especially was was hard on you know on people that you know they just don't want to be home. You know, they don't want to be like stuck in some you know rolling around in some nifty place you know for, for months on end, right? So. Right. You know, being mobile is like now's the time, man, to, to like, you know get get out of a home, you know, and, and be on the road. It's super great. And uh, you know, with with circus, it was especially hard the pandemic, you know, because you know people people couldn't come to shows, you know, and and so we all had to like figure out a way to live, right? You know, and, and you know, and, and and at the same time travel, and so RVs and and you know, circus folks, we go together like, you know, sunsets and sunrise, man. <laughs> no, I, I, it, it, it is like the perfect fit in a way. Like if you're going to be nomadic, I think anytime you have these like live events that you're traveling to and from, I mean, no different than, I think we, when we think about that, we always think of like musicians, clearly a musician is going to get into a tour bus right. and then like just right. hit the road. It makes so much more sense. I mean, I think you probably get to a certain level where then, you know, the band is in the tour bus and you're being flown from location to location or something to that effect. But it, I think anytime you uh-huh. have a location based, and I think we had someone on that they literally went to like jewelry conventions and craft kind of things and it was like it just made sense for us to sell the house we spent so much time traveling to and from the events that it's just easier right. to get a campground that's nearby and then go in kind of a thing um so yeah it, it yeah totally i mean makes sense. yeah totally i mean you trace the you trace the, the history of circus and you're going to see the most amazing beautiful caravans that circuses have, have traveled in um you know from like you know those 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 covered wagons that like, you know, that you can, that you associate with gypsy caravans, you know, mm-hmm. those, those are what we traveled in. You know, our people have traveled in, in like this forever. You know, it's, it's been, you know, it's how, it's how the circus, you know, always came to a town, right. And a, a caravan, right. And in a, in a kind of, you know, what we, you would call a trailer now was a, was a, was a, uh, you know, was, was one of those beautiful, you know, um, circus wagon, you know, they, there, there's a, there's museums where you can see those old, beautiful old circus wagons that used to go through the United States, you know, like with Ringling and, and with, uh, you know, the traveling circuses We're we're a nomadic tribe of people that, you know, that have, that have always lived on the road. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, it's funny. I was thinking probably I was just trying to say to myself, when was the last time I actually saw a clown? And I think it was, <laughs> I went to a rodeo and, you know, the rodeo clowns, which is a little different because. Oh, that's, that's a horrible job. Dude. It I seems like a legitimate that. way to die, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, yeah. and you got to make people with laugh. Yeah. And clowns it's, with death wish, you know? but the, the guys that are really trying to keep the bull riders safe, they're, they're called clowns, but they're not really doing anything. The head guy, I was actually really <laughs> impressed that he had some good material that really did make you laugh and engage you. Right. Right. And, and you know, during that interim of getting the next bull rider up and ready to go. Um, I was yeah. Really, again, again, yeah. being, being the main job being transitioned, right? Yeah. Like it, you know, it's, it's still about like, you know, even if you're, if you're a rodeo clown, it's about like keeping the audience entertained right. before things happen or between things happening. Right. Are circuses bigger here or abroad? 
Um, bigger meaning? Do you mean more popular? Yeah, more? yeah. Let's go with the popular sense. Like our okay. Yeah. That's that's a loaded that's a loaded question, man. Because it's it's uh it's pretty cool that that uh the the circus the history of the circus goes back a lot farther in Europe, and that's where it originated, right? So gotcha. you so you have you have hundreds of years of of, of circus history going back uh, in like France and, and, and especially in China, places like China and Russia, you know, you, in, in China, you had circus schools in, in China 2000 years before Christ was born. Right. And you have like a history of, of like uh, hand balancing tight wire, um, you know, in, in none of the countries. So every country has a circus history. Um, and, and for instance, in, in Paris, it was like, you know, because it, it was the main form of entertainment, right? Before right. like television and everything. So, you know, you had people doing superhuman things, uh, you know, entertaining people, you know, hundreds of years ago, man. And, it, and so, so it like, uh, the, but you, you see, you see more of a popular culture around circus when you like in, uh, in Germany and where I work mainly in Germany and in France where, you know, you have clowns on postcards and Christmas cards and, and advertisements, and, you know, and, you know, and uh, it's more a part of the culture. Like every Christmas, you go see a circus show. Like that's the that's the thing, you know, you do during the holidays, you know. And, and uh, you know, I, I would see these old people come to my shows in, in Germany and these families. And, you know, you go to the circus every every Christmas. And um, that's that's the that's the performance season in Germany and in Europe is, is during the winter time because during the summer, no one goes to shows. Like no one goes, they're all, everybody's on holiday. So right. during the winter, uh, that's, that's my show season in, in Europe. And, and so during the summer I'm back, you know, I'm back here and I'm on tour with my RV, you know, to enjoy the nice weather in the fall. You know, too. That's very cool. Yeah. I, I just wonder sometimes too, you know, and, and it's hard for me to project, what other countries are doing, but like here in the States, right. I always feel like some of these things, I, like our kids are so overstimulated that it yeah. would be hard for them. I, I was grateful that my parents, I think the circuses that I took my kids to weren't intense. They're all in, you know, like the Staples center or the forum, you know, sure. venues like that. Cirque. I think the first year I went to Cirque, it was like a small tent just outside of, you know, the Santa Monica Pier. Like, I think it was like legitimately one of their first kind of shows. I remember when yeah, my parents were yeah, explaining the, it, I was like, I don't yeah. get it. Wait, there's no, there's not going to be an elephant. They're like, no, no, there's no animals. Wait, how's there, <laughs> how's there a circus with no animals? Explain this. I, I, this makes no sense to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I was, so, so you went to like the, one of the first circus relay tours, man. That was like, that was the, when they first came to the States from, from Montreal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. Because my mom worked in the television industry, and I know that we went there for that to see if it would make sense for the show she was working on. And I do remember mm-hmm. like being one of the like the first. Like I'd never heard. Like I literally the first time I heard it was when I got to the show. It wasn't like I was yeah. excited to go because I had heard about it. It was that kind of a thing. Um, right. But, but it, it just seems like a lot of these things, at least I'm noticing, are starting to retro a little now. Where. You know, like, let's go back to some of the kind of like fun basics instead of, you know, overstimulating them mm-hmm. with like movies and video games. Let's take them to something that's a little bit more traditional. That's still a huge wow factor. You still leave there with at least a couple acts where you're like, I have no idea how they did that. Like, that's oh, just yeah. seems impossible. Yeah. Oh, man, that's that's what I that's what I fell in love with. 
you know, like how, how hard you have to train to become superhuman at something, right? Like, like the disciplines in circus, you know, you, you, the disciplines in circus, meaning like, you know, um, trapeze, flying trapeze, uh, you know, tight wire, uh, something we call tissue, all the aerial apparatuses that you have to learn, um, you know, that people are getting into, you know, more and more now. And then, um, you know, and then the theatrical aspects, aspects of it, you know, so it's like, you know, you, you have to know how to be on stage and how to, how to be uh, an actor too. Right? right. And, and on top of all this super, superhuman training you have to do, you know, um, my coach was, uh, was Chinese and he, he was in the Peking opera and he was in the Nanjing acrobatic troupe. And his name was master Li Yi. And, uh, he grew up in a circus school, like a lot of, um, kids do in China. And, uh, you know, he was, he was my coach for four years and he was an amazing man who coached like a lot of famous acrobats that are performing now. And, uh, and, you know, he, he, he taught me hand balancing. Um, I'm a hand balancer as, as an acrobat. So I'm a handstand artist and I, and I started out in circus school doing, um, handstand tricks on chairs. Right. Um, so that means like stacks of doing handstands on, on stacks of chairs, which is very Chinese. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 it takes, you know, a lot of training to learn to do that. And it took me four years to just to learn to do, you know, do a handstand on, on five chairs, right. five stacks, you know, and, uh, but like doing tricks all the way up. Right. Um, and, uh, hand balancing is, is something that like, you know, it takes time to learn a lot of these disciplines. So it takes, it takes commitment and it takes like a, a lot of discipline and you have to train every day. So, you know, you end up doing it your whole life, really, you know, like, uh, but as a clown, um, you could, that's, that's one of the circus disciplines you could do your entire life. You know, there's, there's a really amazing clown named Brian who works for Cirque du Soleil and at a show called Mystere in Vegas. And he's like, he's in his eighties, you know, he's super sharp, super funny and amazing. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's a, it's something that, you know, it, if, if, it, if circus finds you and, 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 and it's something you're, you're, you're meant to do if it's your, your destiny in a way i guess i'd say you know you do it your whole life you know it becomes your life right and, and it's, it's a passion you know and it's a clown is something that you have to kind of do with your heart right it's like it's a it's because you have to create a, a sense of joy that that's real you know like you know um the more real something is the more funny it is and and, and like like i said when you work with emotion like you work with your heart and and you know, if you remember anyone from a circus, usually it's the clown because he's the one who it's his job to connect to the audience and to, to bring people in to the to the to the story of the show, right? And to and to interact with the public and to you know, to, to build that that connection with the public, right? Um, the acrobats they, they they're there to show you superhuman stuff, but the clown is there to, to to, you know, make you laugh and to make this connection with the public, right? Does that right. make sense? No, totally. I think what's interesting yeah. too, it's a profession that, I mean, one, there's people listening right now that are like, I'll never be a clown. And and that's okay. Like, I think, I feel like, <laughs> and you're probably the only, you know, obviously you're probably the only professional clown I've ever really talked to or known right? Um, and might right. be. And I think that's what's interesting too is that, 
you know, I, and one thing I really like about Rulis is it's not about necessarily being stuck in the norms that you are a hundred percent right that there are jobs that you run into on accident. And let's, you know, let's be clear. I mean, without the motorcycle accident, you're probably not a clown. Um, and it's like those kind of moments. And then it's a career and a job that just speaks to you and fills like all your little niches. And then you just right. like continue with it into a 20 year kind of, or, you know, hopefully knock on wood longer kind of career, which is really cool. <laughs> and it's gotta be like, yeah. that's gotta be like the, the craziest, like, you know, where people are like, Oh, you know, cause people still do ask, you know, what do you do for a living? Which I still think is just a weird kind of question to ask people, but it gets asked. And I, I think probably <laughs> coming back with I'm a clown has got to be right. a lot of fun too. Um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not something you, you, you see every day. Right. But oh, like, sure. you know, every, every, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so, uh, you know, every, everyone's got that funny friend, you know, that, like that, that friend that's like more funny than the other ones, you know? And, and, you know, some people, some people are just born out of the funny box, you know, some people have, you know, what they call funny bones, you know, which is like, you know, kind of a, you know, a natural leaning towards humor and, and you know, being physically funny and having like funny features on top of that, you know, it, it, you know, completes the circle, you know? So it's like, you know, I've got a funny face and I, and I move in a funny way and I, and I've got this like, you know, that this, this sense of joy that helps a lot, you know, with, with what I do. And, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and so like, you know, like I said, not everyone's born to be a clown, but when, when you are and, and it kind of like finds you in life and, and you learn how to, like control that funny and put it on stage and, and you learn how to do physical comedy. It just kind of, you know, becomes a destiny, becomes something that, that you know, becomes a career. Right. right? I mean, what's so, the old, yeah. like there's an old, like nobody wants, nobody that's a stand-up comedian after 20 years still wants to be a stand-up comedian. They have to, it has to be something that's just like ingrained <laughs> in them. They can't, they can't quit it. Because nobody sticks right. with that kind of career unless it's just something you can't quit in a way. Because it's right. it just has such a weird high low factor to it. Well, obviously, a well, lot yeah. of travel, a lot of really great kind of interesting work that probably most don't get to experience. But when you're not traveling, you're not working. Uh, are you just 100 percent resting, or do you have like hobbies and things you like doing outside of you know traveling and being a clown? Um, well, I, I, I'm also a painter, and I, I and I um, and I do paintings. I do a series of paintings with every new show that I become a part of, right? So uh, I paint the cast in the show. And um, usually I'll sell those paintings when I'm on tour with that show that the paintings are of. Uh, but yeah, so um, I paint. I paint a lot. I do watercolors. And, and you know, um, I kind of like, I'll kind of sneak side stage and take photos of the artists that, that are performing with me. <laughs> nice. Like I'll take photos of them in their, in those, those wow moments, you know, the, the moments that like make the audience kind of, you know, gasp or like, you know, that make them like, you know, fall in love with the, the artist, you know, that's, that's performing. So I'll take photos of those moments and I, and I'll paint those in a series of paintings. Um, each show that I do. Gotcha. Oh, that's very cool. I mean, it's got to be able to be a little bit of a de-stressor too, which is a, a good hobby. Right, right. I mean, it's, and, and so, you know, and, and the training keeps you, um, keeps you very busy too, right? Like I train every day. I train my hand balancing every day. And, I, and um, so that takes a lot of, 
that takes three things. That takes uh, flexibility, that takes strength, and that takes endurance, right? So to be in a handstand for a long time, it takes a lot of endurance. So, I, you know, I do a lot of running. When I'm camping, you know, I'll, I always run in the morning. And, uh, and after that, I'm sweating. So I'm like stretching my splits and I'm stretching, you know, uh, you know stretching, stretching out my shoulders and everything else, my back, everything else. Um, I do a lot of yoga. And that helps with, uh, you know, um, joint, you know, flexibility. And, um, and, uh, yeah. So, so it keeps you pretty busy. Sounds right? like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm always, I'm always, but like there's also three rules in circuit too, which can apply to like anyone in life, really. So that the three rules are, you know, always be working on a new idea, mm-hmm. never be lazy. And save your money. <laughs> those are the three things, you know. So those are the three things that, like, you know, that just kind of keep you going, you know, as you as you work in this kind of career, you know. But you are right. Uh, that could yeah. that could transfer almost to any career. That's good advice across yeah. the board for sure. That's yeah, it's, it's totally good advice. Like yeah. those three things, you you stick to those three things in in any career, and you're going to be awesome, you know. Right. But uh, but with circuits, it's important to always work on new ideas and that's what I'm always doing. Like in the, in this residency that I'm, that I'm in, it's just for ideas. It's just for developing and creating all these ideas that I have because every time I try to work on my one man show, I get a contract and I just can't, you know, work on my own. Um, I can't, you know, work on new stuff. Right. So, so, um, this residency is, is for, um, uh, for a show that I'm doing this, this winter called bookshop and, and, a lot of my 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 clan acts uh, deal with me trying to read books. <laughs> so so uh, so like I've got uh, I juggle books. I like I do hand balance and what's trying to read books, you know, and handstands, you know. And I do, you know, and and uh, and so this 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 director really wanted me for the show, of course, because because I you know because I have so many numbers with books, and uh and the show takes place. Uh, you know, on stage, but the stage is made to look like a big bookshop. And I, and I, and I play a, kind of an apprentice of the bookshop, right? This kind of, this guy named Nigel, <laughs> who's always getting into trouble and always getting yelled at by the bookshop owner. And like, you know, he's, you know, he, he's always just dusting, dusting off shelves and putting books back on shelves. And, you know, and then I do a, a big hand balancing number with my, with my book and, you know, other, other artists in the shows. You know, they come into the bookshop to find a book they're looking for. And, you know, they, they go into their numbers, too. It's very theatrical and, and kind of a temp- contemporary-style circus show. Very cool. I love it. Mm-hmm. Now, in this lifestyle, you know, I mean, especially 20 years, I don't know if this is going to be easier or harder to pinpoint, but in a nomadic lifestyle, we do something called the high-low. What's been a low in this lifestyle for you that maybe, you know, when you kind of said yes to this lifestyle, you didn't know that was going to hit you. Do you have a, a low in this lifestyle? That's outside of, I have a couple rules that I think will still apply. Can't be COVID, can't be flat tire. Um, right. You know, things of right. you know, bad internet can't be those kind of things. But what's been a low in this lifestyle? Um, let's see. A low. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Hmm. A low. I think I would say missing family. You know, I think, I think like, you know, I'm very close to my family and not seeing them for, for, you know, large amounts of time could be really hard. Um, 
uh, I think it's, it's, you know, missing people. I not seeing people that I love a lot. And then I would say, um, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm solo, right? So, you know, it, it, you know, it can be lonely, <laughs> but like, you know, um, but you know, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm really inspired, right? And I'm really inspired by like, you know, all the people, all the communities that I meet, the circus communities that I'm reaching out to, and that keeps me really happy. But I think that like, what, what, one thing that you, if you always remember to take. Um, you know, all the things that hurt you and create something with it, you know, to create, create something with, with loneliness and, and, you know, and, and lows, you know, like you say, you know, um, then you'll be okay. You know, you just have to, you have to take low, low moments and create something out of it. Right. And I think that, you know, um, since I do work with emotion as a clown, um, that's helpful too, right? It all benefits. It all it all kind of contributes to what I do, you know, right. on stage, right? Like if I like if I have a moment in, on on stage where I have to be moment or I have to, you know, you know, have some depth in a, in a, in a, in a theatrical show, right? Um, I've got real things to draw upon, right? Um, so yeah, so that you know, it all it all funnels into like you know something I I can use. Yeah, let's go to the the high then. What has been a high in this lifestyle that I kind um, of refer to the I can't believe this is my life kind of moments? <laughs> I think I think when you're when, when I'm uh, you know in this lifestyle, I you know I don't I don't use it to perform. I use it to, to travel to you know different circus communities, right? When I'm in the states, so the highs are inspiring people um, to to you know, in their circus work, right? Like that's, that's the high for me is, is, uh, is meeting a circus community, be, get, like getting in, like bringing, bringing this, uh, this tour project to a, to a new place and getting involved in that community and, and, uh, you know, and trying to find ways to like, you know, contribute to it. And, and, and as I teach my workshop, my workshop is called comedy and connection. And it's about, um, you know, uh, working on new ideas and, and connecting to the public when you're on stage as a clown or as an acrobat or any kind of performer really. Um, but when I, when I teach these skills and I see people use them in the workshop when it's time for them to show an idea or, or develop something, uh, that's the high for me, you know, it, it, you know, seeing people, seeing, seeing the joy behind people's eyes when they, when they, when they, you know, when they figure out, how to do what they're doing or they, they figure out a, and it, they develop an idea and it becomes complete. And, and uh, you know, to see that happen is, is the high for me. <laughs> oh, I bet. No, hundred percent. Right. Totally. Now, if people want to be able to, you know, I know you mentioned uh, a website earlier and then even an Instagram, but let's, um, uh-huh. let's recap that. And folks, I'll write this all down in the show notes. so You don't have to write it down. It'll be there where you can just click it. But if people want to reach out and see you and I don't know, maybe be able to find out where you're performing stuff of that nature. And then obviously what you're doing is your own kind of project. Um, where can people find you? Uh, the easiest way is um, on Instagram under uh, the handle citizens of circus. So that's, that's the, 
that's the place to find me online. And, and like, that's the place to find where I am on tour and like what, when the next workshop is. Okay. Um, the place to find my, my work is joelbakerclown.com. That's the, that's my website that I, that I work through, right? If someone wants to hire me to do a show or, or hire me, hire me to do an event, uh, that's the, that's my website. Uh, and also there's one more. Sure. So if someone wants me to, uh, you know, create a show, um, develop an idea or, um, to, to work with me on a, on a, um, as a director, I have joelbakerdirector.com and that's my, um, my work as a director, my, my, my work as a, as a creator. Right. So those, those three places, gotcha. but citizens of circus is, is my, is my RV tour. My, it's my, uh, it's my, my traveling with my RV. Very cool. Well, Joel, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your story. I definitely think it was, uh, one of the more unique, probably hard to top, kind of a story from so many different levels. So really, I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. It was really great. Well, another good episode and a big thank you to Joel for coming on the show. I don't think I've ever interviewed for a job and then five years later, they call you back. That is amazing. Uh, if you want to connect with Joel, please, you know, head it down to the show notes and whatever podcast player you're listening to do click on the links, connect with them, and let them know that you heard about him from the Rootless Living Podcast. Also, just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the Rootless Living Podcast or the magazine, make sure to let your friends and family know by sharing us on your favorite social media channel. It doesn't cost you anything. It's a great way of helping us get the word out. So if you're enjoying this, let's let other people enjoy it as well, too. And like always, if you think you know someone that would make a good guest, or that guest might even be you, yes, you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, I know you think not you, but you. Please send us an email at podcast at rootlessliving.com. Again, that's podcast at rootlessliving.com. And let's see if we can help tell your story. Until next week, stay rootless.